Okay. Good show. Oh, we're British again. We're British again. I don't know why I always do this right before I get started. I'm sorry. What spice girl are you? Uh, <laughs> just dork spice. I don't know. Potato spice. Cheese spice. Ooh. All right. I'm sorry. That sounds dirty. Like something to seek medical treatment for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a wicked case of G spice going on right now. <laughs> and there's my cold open. All right. Yep. <laughs> hey, bubblers, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble. It's the podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your host, Jen, and today Marty's back for phase two of the MCU, which is neat because that rhymes, which includes, but is not limited to, Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. I say limited to because we're only discussing the movies of phase two and not any of the series that may fall within this time period. So, hi, Marty. Welcome back. Hola. Hello. Hello. Well, apparently, I'm an Australian speaking Spanish. Hola. <laughs> oh, wow. Very, very cultured. This, this is this is your fault for the <laughs> for the warm ups and getting readies in, in a British accent. Yeah, I don't know why I do that, but I think I do that like to loosen time. yourself up. It's my yeah, yeah. It's my thing. So, so yeah. So today we are doing uh, Marvel Phase Two moderately excited for this one <laughs> yeah not a big uh, uh it's the middle child of phases it kind, yeah it really is so there yeah so we'll just get right into it and we'll start right off with iron man 3 boo next <laughs> so in this one tony realizes he is still iron man even if he doesn't have a suit or his super friends he loves pepper like a lot and he has anxiety attacks these all still make him Iron Man. Uh, we're introduced to the Mandarin, sort of. Uh, I kind of get the villain Adrian Killian's whole reasoning for, quote, creating this baddie by stealing another dude's name and to be like, oh, hey, look, there's a baddie doing some baddie shit over here. Pay attention to him. I'm going to be over here doing baddie shit. So it definitely felt cringy and what the fuckery at the time. I think yeah. me personally... A little less so, and I give all that props to Shang-Chi and then the short All Hail the King, where yes. they really kind of start to correct <laughs> that decision. Yeah. Where they admit they were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we're so sorry about that. Here's a very flimsy bridge that will get you across this gap. Exactly. And then it'll get good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I did appreciate the all hail the king. I do like the character Trevor for whatever fucking reason, but just because he's such a shit, such a just a kind of a tool. Oh, yeah. But a literal tool. A and literal he's being tool. used without his, well, I guess, minimally with his consent. Right. <laughs> but pretty much without its consent. So, yeah, this is not my favorite of the Iron Man, Iron Man movies. This is the one that gets played uh, the most in our house. I don't know why, other than my kids just like to torture me. So how much, yeah, how much is it the fact that it gets played the most in your house that influences it being your least favorite? Probably quite a bit. 
Because in sitting down and watching it this time and trying to be more objective about it, I'm like, it's all right. (laughs) I guess. But I still don't like love it, love it. Yeah, I I don't either. It's my least favorite also. But to me, like you already said, there's there's a couple kind of it's hard to say it's a long game plot point in a movie like this, Mm -hmm. but it's a very thin derivation from like the tried and true wag the dog type of storyline where it's like, Oh yeah, look at this shiny thing over here while I pick your pocket. Mm -hmm. And that was to me, that was like the big story going through the whole movie. And then we also just kind of tested and tried all these other things. Like, can we make Tony emotionally vulnerable? Uh, 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 uh. Uh, what what would it be like if Tony was a dad? Have him interact with a kid. Right. You know, like all this stuff was very much kind of spaghetti on the wall to see if it sticks sure. for yep. me. Yep. And there's also just like him being paired with the kid. I why do like superhero movies need to pair our heroes or anti-heroes with kids? Deadpool yeah. 2, Birds of Prey. I'm sure there's a buttload more. But it's just kind of like, you know, like Indiana Jones. Yes. And so it's like, yeah. So it's like, like in a series when they introduce a young kid, it's because ratings are tanking and they're just like, we need, we need that grab. So, which I guess makes sense here because it's PG 13, but it doesn't make sense in like Birds of Prey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I, I, I enjoy that movie. That's a lot of fun. But again, just kind of that trope of pairing them your hero or anti-hero with a kid, whatever. But it's almost, I mean, I, I feel like it could go beyond even like that. Cause the, you're right. The kid is the one that is most common and most present, but the pairing with basically the kind of antithesis of you, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever your kind of polar opposite is, yeah, that's what we're going to pair you up with. So we can see the conflict and we can see how you grow and adapt and get over it. <laughs> And that's fine because there's ways that that story has been told very, very well. This was not one of those examples. (laughs) It was, it was so thin. I mean, it's like going over something with one spray of spray paint. Be like, oh, I painted it black. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but but it was like iridescent gold underneath, and all you did is just one little, and like it's not all black now. It's still actually mostly iridescent gold. So that may or may not be a metaphor for the fireplace that my wife just repainted in our house. (laughs) I was going to say, this seems real specific. (laughs) (laughs) The difference being she did multiple coats. She did it right. Right. (laughs) You don't see the gold. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing I really like about this movie is just kind of how it helps round out Tony's overall throughout all of the MCU, his arc. Um, I'm not sorry. <laughs> you should be just like I, the people who made this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try not to apologize for my puns. I try to intend all of them. And, um, I get, and you did, you intended I, I did. it. I did. And my family sometimes hates me for it. That's okay. That's all right. They're just jealous, but yeah, Tony's overall story because of where we see this character and where all ultimately ends up after end with Endgame and everything. I think is 
I, I actually like it, considering what we're given and what we're shown of Tony at the very, very start of everything and how he himself sure. is kind of changing those Playboy ways. He's found a love. He's got another focus of trying to save the world and, and everything. So, I yeah. So that's what I give. That's the only reason that people <laughs> should still maybe watch this movie, but I don't think it's absolutely necessary. Right. Don't get me wrong. It's a piece of the puzzle and it's a piece that fits well. It's just a square. Mm -hmm. It's not a difficult piece to identify in terms of where it goes. Yeah, we, we do. It, it's, it's all the, it's all the filler. This is the eating your vegetables of <laughs> the meal. You know, it's like, okay, yes, I know. I need vitamin C, I need vitamin A. Fine, pass the broccoli. And I feel like this is kind of a metaphor for a lot of phase two, where it's like, Kinda, yep, yeah. here's like we 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 made the forms in phase one. So all you gotta do is fill them with something just solid and it will it will produce something wonderful. It will help support something wonderful. And that's exactly what it was. It it was formulaic. It was necessary. I mean, to to really appreciate the snap, the the final snap. It's necessary. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't all that enjoyable of a process. Right. <laughs> right. No, I agree. I mean, there are some pretty good like action sequences, you know, from his destruction of his home and everything. Yep. Um, my personal favorite is the Air Force One sequence. Yeah, the barrel of monkeys. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's because that one they used actual sky professional skydivers, like all right. throughout. And so they made they did as many, kept it as practical as possible. And it's just even like, even though you know everyone's gonna be all right, it's still kind of intense to watch. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just that idea of just that free falling and just being like, oh my God. But I love it because just this once, everyone lives. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the and, doctor dances. <laughs> and I think like Tony really needed that boost, that kind yeah. of confidence. He boost, so. needed that win. Yeah. Well, and uh, so I didn't know about the professional skydivers part, but a fun aside, and I think you know some of this story. But my dad was a skydiver for a very long time. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. 946 jumps in his career. Damn. You, you get your diamond wings at a thousand. My mom made him quit jumping shortly after I was born. Uh, so he would he was part of these dive teams where they would do these formations and stuff. Okay. So he came in, you know, the whole like, oh, like not the not the like show and tell day, but the like bring your parent to work day. Like, oh, do you like job day or whatever yeah, it was? Yeah, career elementary day or school. Bullshit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So like, my dad was a roofer by trade. I'm like, hey, dad, it's it's the you know like your you know show your whatever off day, and you know they have they have like three extra positions. Would you want to come? And he's like, well, do you want me to talk about roofing? And I'm like sure and he's like or would you rather i talk about skydiving because i had seen the pictures and like and i remember being out at the airfield where he used to jump at seven hills skydiving academy uh or skydiving club it's i think it's actually somewhere out by you um 
And like he built the place because he was a builder and it was just like eight guys, one of which had a Cessna and they all like chipped in and bought like just enough room for a runway and they would just go and jump and jump and jump all day long. And so my dad was the safety officer for the county okay. for skydiving. Uh, he was a certified tester. He was a rigger. My mom was a certified parachute rigger, which means she was licensed to pack parachutes. Nice. And when, you know, when he proposed like, well, I could talk about skydiving. I'm like, well, like, what are you going to do? You're going to show slides and like that seems kind of boring he's like oh no i have an idea so he went to farm and fleet well he didn't go to farm and fleet but basically it's the the creepers if you work on cars a creeper is what you slide underneath your vehicle on okay and uh things exactly yeah yeah so so he went actually he went out to the skydiving club because this is how they train people who are going to start to do it as more than a hobby Uh to do these formations. They all have these like super heavy duty creepers. They lay on their stomach. They hold their arms and their feet back. Like they're falling and they practice doing their formations. And they have like this, basically it's another language with like double taps squeezes to like, let people know what move they're supposed to do next and stuff like that. So for the, you know, for the exercise at school, my dad made sure that he had the gym so he could use those. And so like 25 kids at a time, he's, he's getting these kids to do these formations and twirls and stuff. Oh my God. It was nuts. Like that was one of the coolest memories I I had. And he's like, yeah, that's what, that's how we communicate in the air because it's too loud because of the wind to mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. So everybody catches up, everybody links up. You just hold on to whatever you know, part of fabric you can grab. And then based off of like a, you know, like a double tap or like a squeeze, you know, that like the whole group is getting ready to do the next move. And he was actually part of uh, a couple different world records for skydiving formations, like the size since they've all been broken, but yeah, he used to, he used to travel the country and skydive. That is fucking awesome. Yeah, that is so like, that's the most interesting <laughs> thing I've ever heard about you. <laughs> yeah. And that's it's about, about my dad. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's gotta be like, that has to be one of the best, you know, like parent career days, probably in the yeah. history of like elementary school or whatever. Because I, like, I remember kids were coming up to me for weeks afterwards. Oh, like, can your dad come back and do that again? Shit, hearing it now, I'm like, can we go back in time and your dad do like a small tour of the Midwest and hit up some yeah. Iowa schools? And because <laughs> that's the shit. My dad yeah. had a boring ass office job and my mom worked in a factory, so they didn't come for career days. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. You didn't just play the the Bob Ross tape. Oh, well, see the story- and make that joke. The, the story that I told people in high school when people were like, because after all this time, oh, Jen Ross, Bob Ross's daughter. Finally, I was like, he's my uncle. And because everyone knew my dad was white. And I just, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, but he and my dad had like a big falling out, which was semi-true because my dad and my, my uncle, his actual older brother, did have a bit of a falling out. Mm-hmm. So that part of the family wasn't part of our lives for most of my life. So I just kind of, I pulled from a little bit of real world and 
you massaged know, it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm I I'm pretty sure people graduated assuming that Bob Ross was actually related to us. That's all yeah. I got. So yeah. I couldn't drop the Bob Ross, you know, career day thing because he and dad had a big fight. That makes sense. That's a <laughs> that's a seasoned liar <laughs> at work. That's right. Like I'm gonna paint this into a corner where there's only one door and it's a door where you don't get to see the answer. Peace. Yep, that's right. Now I'm out and I'm gonna go get high in the parking lot. <laughs> Just so. like Iron Man, because he had his his uh moral victory he he finally like you said he finally had his quote unquote big win where a little bit of a shit storm shit spiral and then at the very least he got the ship righted for the barrel of monkeys and realized what was most important to him and so then he had the big firework show with all the all the suits like that to me was probably my favorite action scene mm-hmm. as he's jumping in and out of all the suits and stuff like that. And that's a that lot of really fun too. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like, and cause I'm a big sucker for like the girl power moment. Cause I have two daughters. That one was bullshit. Like the whole oh. pepper, like, Oh, I, I don't know if I've just never been able to get through this movie at this level of attention, <laughs> but like, why the fuck was she different? Like, what was special about her that, like, allowed her to control it? Like, we did, we never, we never got the montage. I think that's the problem. Right. Yeah. We never got the training montage of her learning how to get extremely hot, but not actually explode. Right. I mean, it, it, right. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I do, I did like seeing Pepper actually kind of kick a little bit of ass this time and everything. That's a nice little change. It makes it, that is a, important supporting pillar mm-hmm. that gets planted when we go all the way forward to end game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Oh, there is a precedent. So, yep. Yep. Uh, and then let's see. The only other things I really have down are uh, Adrian Killian is a cultural appropriate ableist. Um, I noticed throughout phase two, they do not in all of them, but there are some kind of fake out deaths where we think, Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. So they did a fake out death with Pepper in this one. Oh, and then there's like the Star Wars uh, homage throughout phase two where every. I didn't I didn't catch this one. You got to fill me in on it. It was. uh, Oh, Adrian Killian uh, did lose an arm. Uh, Tony cut it off. So that's I I think because I didn't actually write them down. He just regrew it. Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't write them all down because I'm like, oh, I'll totally remember them. And then this morning I'm like, I should have fucking written them down. But I think that was that was the one because that one makes sense. Just he's like, you know, take a minute so he can try and Mm -hmm. pepper or whatever. And then the post credit of Tony talking to Bruce like Bruce is his therapist, which obviously he is not. But I just think that's super cute. You know, we get our science bros. Tony yeah. obviously like really, really trusts Bruce. Maybe not a lot of respect. <laughs> you can definitely feel a kind of intentional air of superiority. Yeah, absolutely. So that and oh, his uh, Tony's suit up scenes are getting more efficient and less Sailor Mooney. So it's just that's nice because it's like TikTok, motherfucker. There's shit that needs to be done. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's really all I've got about um, 
Iron Man 3. It's the cauliflower of Iron Man movies. Mm-hmm. It really kind of is. All right. So on to Thor The Dark World. As you saw my note is, I can't fucking see anything. <laughs> Thor The Darkest World. <laughs> For real. I'm just like, uh But so I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to have a lot to say about this one. I think this one is probably still my least favorite out of all of phase two. I, and I don't really know why, because I'm like, there's a lot of elements here that I do like, but for some reason, it, it just, it's not, it's not doing it for me. Well, they, to me, they undid a good ish. The, the concept of what they were trying to do is good. They didn't do it great in the first Thor movie, but Natalie Portman at the beginning of the Thor storyline is kind of a badass. She's like this rogue scientist. She's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to figure it out. If you know, I got to drive all over and see all the things and do all of the math. And I like when, when the government comes to take my stuff, like I'm going to be here, like kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need my posse to hold me back. Yeah. And then they just took her and made her an object. And she's just like the, and it might be me just not remembering this as much because I didn't like it and we couldn't fucking see anything, but it was just uh, like, oh, uh, (laughs) like this is where she fell off the character arc and you know we we do get to see some other sides of her which is nice like your note here about chris o'dowd yes he was fantastic and it sucks that it was only really like one scene mm-hmm. like one scene and maybe a phone call or something later yeah. but you know he did like and to me that right there is what marvel does so much better than dc they take really really talented people and they use them specifically for what their talent is Mm -hmm. and they don't ask them to do anything more than like what's expected of them rather than trying to make jack black be in like a rom-com and what was it holiday 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 i don't know he was in in some shallow romantic No, no. that was still a comedy first and foremost, but you know, just it's, it's kind of square peg round hole, but this role for Chris O'Dowd was like, all right, you're just going to be like the funny love interest who realizes they're never going to like that other person doesn't really want to be here and moving on. Mm -hmm. And he did that amazingly well. And that was that. And it worked, Mm -hmm. but I oh, I just I think one of the biggest reasons why I hate this one is because it takes Jane Foster, who's an amazing character, and it writes her as helpless, kind mm-hmm. of, and she has never in the stories been helpless. So I think I think you're right. I think that's a big part of what it is because we all know Natalie Portman is like talented as fuck. Like and, she's a literal doctor. She has a yeah. PhD. And, really, and it's like, she's, yeah, she is just kind of getting dragged around, like, you know, to Asgard. And then yeah. she, you know, 
nice, pretty Asgard clothes and, you know, gets to hang out with, like, Rene Russo and stuff. But I'm like, you're also, like, infused with the ether and they didn't really do anything with that. Yeah. Like, this would have been an opportunity to just go bamf. Yeah. And and flexed something, and at least we get to see Rene Russo be more than just yes, you know, someone who stands and off screen and like whispers. You know <laughs> the the premise of of her really showing her experiences, and I think that we get a little bit from that. And this is probably a stretch, just me liking the character of Frigga, mm-hmm. but we get. A little bit of her leadership from when Odin experiences the Odin sleep, how she's calm under pressure. You know, she hears the sirens going off and she just puts her arm around James, like, yep, we're going to go this way, like, nothing mm-hmm. to worry about. It's like, you know, Dave in accounting burnt a bagel. You know, just we're going to go up here. We're going to get you in, like, I know you got a thing for my son. So we're going to put you in some sexier clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then oh, oh hey, look at that. Big scary monster people. Let's go ahead and make you a mirage. And oops, I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After at least a little bit of sword play. Yeah. She definitely had like a nice little moment. I was, I was like, oh, that's right. She does get to kick some ass, which means she mm-hmm. will be dying shortly. Yeah. So anytime I'm just like, oh hey, that that character is really like starting to grow on me, or I'm I'm really like, or they're adorable. The moment I decide I like this character, I love this character, they're fucking dead, and I'm just like, I have to quit liking fictional characters, getting attached to fictional characters. Yeah, it hurts. Gratuitous character development. You know, there there's an end coming soon. Yep, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I think you nailed it with the. Uh, character of Jane because I'm just like you know yeah it's got mythology and Natalie Portman and a hunky Hemsworth and a naked scars guard even though it's not the naked scars the right guard one, yeah. we want but I guess we still get scars guard but <laughs> but yeah this one this one was a it was all right but oh I also did not like uh blonde Zachary Levi who if anyone would ask me like five years ago or anything, what I thought of Zachary Levi, I would have been like, who in the what now? Because I didn't watch Chuck. I did see, you know, Shazam, and that was a lot of fun. But not Chuck until, was a lot of fun, too. Not until, well, because then I remember when he was cast as Shazam, you were like, this is going to be perfect. You know, Zachary, yep. I remember you saying that Zachary Levi's casting as Shazam was going to be perfect. And really, yep. that was kind of enough for me. So, And I, Adam Brody as the brother. Yeah. <laughs> like that also was perfect. So I'm like, fuck, give that casting director a raise. That was amazing. Yeah. That movie is just a lot of fun too. But so Zachary hasn't really appeared on my on my radar until more recently when I started getting into Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and he shows up in season two. And I'm just like, holy fuck, you're oh. tall. It's like yeah. really tall. Yeah, I don't realize how tall he is in these other things because He's paired with like some taller people or something. I don't fucking know, but holy. Well, and they give the other people lifts and stuff like that. Yeah. They got their big, tall, like superhero boots that you can't really, that aren't that practical, but they look great. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm. Yeah. He's six, four. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Really fucking tall. And I'm like, where have I been? I am sorry, Zachary Levi, that I have not been paying enough attention to you. So (laughs) that's on me. But uh, let's yeah. see. His oh. his character 
in Thor. So he he was a change up in casting. Yes, yep. From Thor one to Thor two, and I had a lot Prince of Charming hopes. Was, Prince Charming was the original. Like Prince, what's a Josh Dallas? I think is the actor's name. He plays. He played Prince Charming in Once Upon a Time. Yep. Yeah. So he he didn't repri- reprise the role. I think because of mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. and I think. I think with this one where I just said Marvel does such a great job of this, putting the perfect person in the perfect spot. They did that with Chris O'Dowd and it felt like they tried to like, they, they wanted to do that with Chris O'Dowd or Zachary Levi. They tried it with both. It didn't work out for Zachary Levi and the way that they cut the final product made him seem like he was trying to steal scenes that he had no business trying to steal. Mm. Because this character is basically like a musketeer yeah. who's just like, ha ha, I shall jump into the fray <laughs> and, you know, just start swinging his sword around and that's all good and fine, but he's very much a, a rival for the spotlight uh, across from Thor in his eyes, mm. but in nobody else's eyes. And I think that's, I think that's how the character, I think that's, that's intentionally how they try to present the character, but it seemed like whoever was directing this one didn't know that like this person was King macho, but only to themselves and everybody else is like, yeah, no, Jerry's good with the sword, but like, we just let him kind of ramble to himself in the corner. And they put way too much of that rambling on the camera. It's like when Creed gets screen time in the office. (laughs) That's what it's like. Yeah, Creed's definitely... Creed is a character that the less screen time, the better, because when he does get it, it's just that much more enjoyable, I think. I love the character. So, I, yeah, I think you're right there as well. Because, I mean, just this movie, I don't know why. So anything you're like... Any explanation you give, or I'm like, that makes a teeny bit of sense. I'm going to go with that. It's all terrible. I don't like it. We can move on. Basically. (laughs) Like, I was watching it, and uh, my oldest, Ross, comes out, and he's like, because he knew knew I was doing the phase two. He's like, so which one is this one? I was like, oh, it's Thor the Dark World. He's like, oh. And then just walked out. (laughs) He's like, I've never seen this one. I'm like, yeah, I know. You're just like, take me with you. Kind of. She's like, can you close the blinds a little more? Because mommy can't see anything. <sighs> yeah, and also trying to watch it during the fucking day, and that just did not yeah. help. So, but let's see what else. Oh yeah, um, we get more Loki because I guess he wasn't originally going to be in it as much. So they wrote us a, a little bit bigger part for him. This seemed like the litmus test for that, and it worked. Yeah, so and they I, kept going with it. And I, I did, I mean, I just, I like Loki. I love Tom Hiddleston, so it's, oh, it's yeah. fine. Um, but yeah, Thor and Loki just kind of reminds me of, you know, hashtag life with boys and when they, especially when they get along. Yeah. Um, but we get another fake out death, Loki's fake out death. And what was it? Like, I think there was one scene, Loki's running from something or flying from something, but he's doing a serpentine back and forth. So I'm always very aware of when, People are running from being shot and whether they run in a serpentine zigzag or if they run straight like the fucking dumb Stark kid in Game of Thrones. (laughs) 
Because I always think of it so dumb. I always think of like the movie Cars when Lightning McQueen is like running from, I think, the cop and he thinks he's being shot at, but it's like the backfire off the exhaust. Sure. But either way, Lightning McQueen's speeding away and he's like, serpentine, serpentine, serpentine. <laughs> so I always <laughs> scream it when people are running away and they're being shot and they're not doing it. Uh, hashtag life with boys. Exactly. <laughs> Mom life. So because I don't I don't have we watched cars <laughs> once and it was because my nephew was over and he got to pick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A lot of cars rewatching. But and then we've got a mid credit scene. We see the collector of the infinity stones and then the post credit scene where Thor returns to Jane for some necking. And they make out and probably do other naughty things that we didn't get to see. Would have been nice to see. Yeah. Would have made the movie better. Uh, yeah. Couldn't have been any darker. <laughs> nope. <laughs> End it with some Hemsworth butt. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> it, it fades on just Chris Hemsworth, just <laughs> butt cheeks filling the full frame. <laughs> Asgard's ass. Yeah. On the top, it just says, we're sorry you had to sit through all this. Yes. <laughs> Please like enjoy a, this. A Star Wars scroll, like right between the yes. cheeks. <laughs> See, that could have definitely upped it on the list, possibly, of not hating it. Yeah. So, all right. That's enough of that. All right. On to the third one. Captain Decent America. movies. Yay. So Captain America, the Winter Soldier. What do you think of, how do you feel about this, the second installment of Captain America? I think it does a great job of advancing the plot in a variety of ways. Arguably, this is, this is potentially one of the most important movies in the MCU for that 30 to 45 seconds at the end with the, with the twins. And Mm. it's, it's such a huge point that obviously we can, we can see it now. Now it's obvious after WandaVision and, Mm -hmm. you know, how everything went down. But uh, this to me really, really flexes the importance of Easter eggs. Yes. And like, this is this whole other, what are we on phase four or five, four, Uh, four, I think. Yeah. Still four, maybe five. I don't know. Whatever. So we're on this new phase and this new, this entire new phase in a lot of ways, all germinated from this one end credit scene. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really cool. It also gives us a really good look at what type of character Captain America is like, we know that he's on the good spectrum is he, this is where we, we figure out that he is like hyper lawful good. Yes. And it's like, it, it takes a super crazy chaotic evil to counterbalance that. And it's really cool that that, chaotic evil or that that his hyperactive lawful good has basically been growing inside of and with the help of the chaotic evil mm-hmm. so if we if we jump genres and we talk about the flash and we talk about how 
the reverse flash had to go back in time to train the flash, how to be the flash. He had to create his own mortal enemy mm-hmm. in order to get what he wanted and get himself home. This is very reminiscent of that for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I absolutely love that first season and a half of flash and I watched the rest of it and I hate myself for it. But that first season and a half was pretty fun. We're still watching it. So that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Ross loves the flash, but he wasn't too happy character. with the last two seasons. So that's hilarious when he's it's it's I love when my kid hates a season or an episode or something. What I'm was up like, with that? I'm just like, oh, mommy really needs to watch what she says around you. Because <laughs> it's just a mini me. Uh, I, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I will admit that I don't think I've ever really given this movie a proper chance. I've always liked it. It's enjoyable. Yeah. It's It sets up a lot, like you said. Well, um, and coming off of Dark World, it's like, I don't care. Just like show me drywall paste. Like, Deal. Pretty much. <laughs> But, uh, you know, but then after like Civil War came out, I was like, well, that's my favorite Tom Holland. And, you know, everyone's there. And woohoo, it's like a mini yeah. Avengers movie. But I think this might be my new favorite Captain America movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it, it's so good. And, you know, it's like you said, it sets up a lot. You know, we get those that those end credit scenes, the mid one where we find out that Hydra lives and had twins. And we see like like you said exactly just how pure and good cap is and i'm watching it and i'm just like because in civil war i'm team cap so here i'm just like oh i i totally stand with cap captain's Mm -hmm. orders loved that moment when he got on the intercom and everything and he's like out what has been going on and you know people in the control rooms are just like captain's orders captain's orders i was like yes i don't know why go team (laughs) so and I love that, like, you know, he even says he'll do anything, you know, so people can maintain their freedoms. And but I like that one of those things is also just not giving up on his best friend. Because that's his freedom. That's his freedom. And also it's like Cap doesn't have, you know, it's it's kind of funny to see Natalie or, you know, Natasha, sorry, Natasha playing, trying to play matchmaker. Oh, what mm-hmm. about this girl? Or what about this girl? I really like that they completely took that relationship off the table. Mm-hmm. It, and to me, that was a beautiful, like a deft way of doing that. Just very, very cleanly. It's like, yeah, she's no, don't even think that. Yes. She's playing matchmaker. That was awesome. Yeah. At first, you're a little worried, like, oh, God, where are they going to go with these two? Are they going to do some forced romantic pairing? And I'm glad right. they didn't. I'm glad that they just maintained to be friends and trusted coworkers, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, he says, he, he tells her, he's like, he doesn't have a lot of shared life experiences with anyone. Yeah. And so he finds out Bucky is still alive. And he, that, that becomes his new goal is to find him and help him and bring him back. And I just, those two are like the cutest little couple, the cutest of best friends so I just I really this really just kind of solidifies for me that I am as fun as Iron Man is and as funny as Tony Stark is when it comes down to it. I stand with Cap yeah. plain and simple. So I also find it interesting that we don't see a lot of 
Cap and Natasha really suiting up. They have a lot of plain you know, because, clothes action. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's also kind of nice. It feels like maybe that's a bit of a theme with some of these already established characters and movies that here they are still doing hero shit without needing to dress up and be heroes because they are they, they have themselves are the hero. Yeah. So I I appreciate that. Oh, and I also someday would like to be villainous enough to have an underground hideout that comes up and out of water. That's just that is I think peak. That's there. next level. That yeah. Well, hey, that means you got to watch. You got to watch Kenobi because that's going to be in Kenobi. Oh my god! The, I'm so uh, excited. Yeah. <laughs> the Inquisitors. The Inquisitors ha- kind of have a deal like that. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. to the the evil factor. Robert Redford does a really good job of like I never lied to you. Mm-hmm. I just like you failed to ask the question. I knew you failed to ask the question, but I never lied to you. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a, a not like a next level villain, but to me, that's like a, a quality of a very good villain. It's like I have never been mysterious about what I am. Mm-hmm. You failed to be observant to that factor or to that, you know, that influence. And so not just Robert Redford doing a great job with that, but we get the, the what's his face guy, the, the ball guy that they rescue from the ship at the beginning. Um, yeah. One of the Hydra guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, and Sam, we yes, meet Sam, we, we meet Sam. Falcon and Anthony Mackie's perfect casting for that character. The, <laughs> the I never said I was a pilot. Yep. That was that was a great line. Although the way I would have loved to see more of him like kind of like a developmental or like a montage type of thing where we learn how he got those skills. Like I don't need I don't need like the Saturday morning cartoon like blooper trying to learn how to fly the the falcon mm-hmm. suit but when we watch falcon and winter soldier we see a little bit more of that because he's tinkering with the stuff and he's he's doing his own repairs and all that jazz but to me from falcon and the winter soldier that painted him as like creator almost mm-hmm. of yeah. that technology and i would have loved to see more of his like expert use of it Rather than they, they seem to kind of have it painted as like a experimental aircraft. Like no one knows if it's going to work where as in Falcon and the winter soldier, they're like, oh, actually like he kind of made it himself. So like he was just learning, but like show us that. So we know where in the stage we are and we don't just get this backfield information five years later mm-hmm. or whatever it was, because I think if you bring that in at the front end, it's not really that much more story. Right. It's maybe another two minutes. Yeah. Just, and a, I'm, just a dash I'm, of yeah. context. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, well, like, oh, he's a soldier or he's okay. He's a member of the airborne. All right. Mm-hmm. So those are some badass soldiers. And, and he can just fly a weird jetpack wingsuit. Like what the mm-hmm. fuck? Like exactly. I need more. <laughs> well, And it's like his, his suit, even, you know, compared to what we see later, Right. It's very, it almost still seems prototypey, 
yes, know, just yeah. completely unfinished. But he's working it like a fucking champ. And all I could think was like, oh my God, all that core strength. And I'm like, I know it's yeah. like, you know, special effects and everything, but I'm like, he's he's got nothing holding his legs up as he's doing all his barrel rolls and everything. Mm-hmm. That's all core. And I'm just like, I think I got a cramp just thinking about <laughs> keeping everything <laughs> tense like that. Still impressive. But I would agree. I think just a little something, a little more something. Yeah. Just a dash. Just a dash. Like, yeah. didn't need didn't need a full story, but and and to go back to Thor in the Dark World mm-hmm. for your Star Wars, mm, the, yes. the the Dark World hand cutting off thing was uh was Thor getting his hand cut off in the, in the mirage. Yep. Yep. And I can't think of what it is from this one. Oh God. I, well, I think this one, it's just Bucky's arm. Oh, just the entire think, arm. Yeah. Cause I don't, like I said, I wasn't, I didn't think to write them down, but I think it's just Bucky's arm. We gotcha. don't, no one actually loses a limb. In this one, I don't think, but right. Uh, let's see. What else do I have? Oh, Fury an- gets shot in the arm. Yeah, he gets. Remember, shot in he's the in arm. the sling at the end. But yep. That's that's loose that's, at best. And that's another fake out death. Was Fury. True. Yep. Yeah. So. If anyone if anyone wants to see me, you tell them I can find me right here in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And then and then his um, engravement is the uh, Ezekiel uh, from yeah. Pulp Fiction. So yep. I just. I, I, I giggle every time and I'm just like, yay. And my son's like, what? Like, yeah, I'll tell you when you're older. Uh, it's watch this. Watch this episode of community. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, the actor that plays Abed, is he in this yep. one or is it Ultron that he pops It's this in? one. It's okay. this one. Danny Pudi. Yep. Yes. Yes. Um, there's a really quick shout out to Iowa City, which is my hometown. Go Hawks. Um <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> hey, hey, remember that thing that Odin whispered <laughs> to the hammer? And it just sounded like he was licking the hammer. God, you just, yeah, don't do that again. <laughs> um, That's my what favorite... I hear when you say go Hawks. Hey, it's right back there. You see? Yeah, nope. Boop, 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 I don't see it. Iowa, go Hawkeyes, Hercule to Hawk. Anyways. Um, Elevator fight scene is the best fucking fight scene. By a mile. I, I love it. It's so good. Um, yep, you mentioned Robert Redford, and in our first recording, we talked about like these really high end yeah. established actors appearing. Playing for their small Marvel parts. Check. Yeah. Well, they're like I guess I shouldn't say it's a small part, but it's not like a ton of screen time. Right. And it's not like their characters are gonna continue on into the next right. sequel or whatever. So um I remember when first watching this movie i really was like really robert redford Mm -hmm. okay that's like we're doing things now Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah but it is kind of like when you watch a law and order and they have that special guest you're like oh they did it um (laughs) and then like what the fuck is that guy doing here oh (laughs) killing killer yeah gotcha (laughs) um and i think steve's list is adorable Yes. Of all the things he wants to do. And then I was reading that, you know, depending which country's version it is, the list will change. So, oh, really? Yep. So it'll That's change cool. I didn't know that. to like uh, whatever, you know, maybe some big name actors or musicians or a show sure. stuff like that. So huh. our list, we've got uh, I Love Lucy, Moon Landing. This is one of my favorites. Berlin Wall, up and down in parentheses. 
Uh, let's see. He's got Steve Jobs, Apple, Disco, Thai food. Someone told him to try Thai food and he wrote it down, which is just <laughs> so fucking adorable. And then he's got Star Wars slash Trek, but it looks like there's a little line going through Star Wars. You could almost excuse it as because it's all written in pen and, you know, pens get kind of loosey goosey when you're pulling out a tiny notebook. Maybe you make a little line across the page or something, but there were no other little tiny marks like that. There was just the one line going through Star Wars. Well, was it basically him checking off that he'd seen it? I don't because there's not a check mark. Well, no, but, but just like a strike through. Not it didn't really look like a strike through more of like a slight kind of diagonal, but it's. You'll have to go back and hmm. see and let me know what your thoughts are. Shoot me a message or something. Um, and then you'll so. just edit it into this, right? Sure. 100%. <laughs> I'll uh, edit in this visual. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting where if that was an intentional uh, line strike out through Star Wars that all the movies in this phase have that Star Wars nod of everyone, of someone losing a hand. So, yep. Or either that or, yeah, maybe maybe Steve has only seen Star Wars. And not all the treks. Could be. There's a lot less. There's a lot less Star Wars, especially then. Yeah. And then (laughs) was that before Force Awakens? Yes. Okay. So then there only would have been six. I think so. This was Captain America's 2014. I don't remember when Force Awakens was way later than that. I think. Okay. A, A couple years later. Doesn't matter. We'll get to the important part, like you said, Nirvana, because we're both huge Nirvana fans. Yeah. Foo Fighters fans specifically. So, yep. Nirvana, the band is on there. And then he's got Rocky. And then within parentheses next to that, Rocky 2 question mark. (laughs) Like, no, you're like, just skip, like watch Rocky 1, then watch Rocky 4. Yes. That's all you need, Cap. Yep. (laughs) Like, oh, beat Russia. Got it. (laughs) Exactly. And I thought maybe that was the one he had written down, but nah, they, it wasn't. Uh, And then Sam's suggestion, Trouble Man. And he wrote soundtrack. And then he's listening, you know, Sam's playing it for him when he's in the hospital at the end. And it's just so sweet. When well, it's the birth of on your left. Yes. Mm, it's so cute. Um, and then post credit scene, Bucky goes to the museum and he yep. learns all the things. So I, yeah, I'm, this movie is a, I, I love this movie. I, and every, <laughs> whenever I watch any of the fucking Marvel movies anymore, I'm just like, I remember that level in Lego. That was really difficult. So there was like one of the bridge shootout scenes and stuff where I was like, oh, that level was a bitch to get past. But so for me, from like the comic standpoint, mm-hmm. when this had been announced, it was just Captain America 2. And like the title was yet to be released. And they didn't, they being like the the speculating community at large, just like, like everything's pointing towards civil war or winter soldier and civil war. But like, that's a, a deeper storyline. Like they'll never do that. That's like way too hard for people to understand. And then they did it. And I think it was a very important part in Marvel history, not just for the, you know, the twins, but for the fact that this was probably like the first true litmus test of like, okay, you told us you didn't like the stupid bubblegum fluff movies, Thor two, Iron Man three, Iron Man two had, I mean, obviously they were all financial successes, but Iron Man two didn't do as well as Iron Man one. And we tried to change that by adding the kid in Iron Man three and that didn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. 
So you want something with more meat on the bone. If we're going to stay true to the fans, we have to tell this story. You're either with us or you're not like you're going to invest the, the thought and the, you know, believability that we can tell a real story here with comic book characters, or you're going to give up on the genre as a whole. So I think this was kind of like a tipping point in like the entire superhero film genre, because they gave them a real story from the comic comics, not the fluff that everybody is used to seeing. And it worked Mm -hmm. and it worked really well. Mm -hmm. And then they tried it again and then they tried it again. And they're like, holy shit, we can go deep. And now we are getting to see the fruits that that decision has bared. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this definitely feels like, yeah, like a a checkpoint, a tipping point for Mm -hmm. these kind of movies. And I, like I said, I don't know why I just was like, oh, it's fine. It's a good movie. I think watching it with podcaster eyes and everything and trying to be yeah. just that more, more, that much more in tune to it. I'm like, this is a, this is, this is a great movie. It's an important movie and it does set up a lot of stuff for civil war and everything. And I just, I love it. I love it. This is a, my, like I said, might be my new favorite captain America movie. And it's a keystone in the entire infinity saga. Yes. Yep. Very good. All right. On to Guardians of the Galaxy, the Power Stone of Friendship. (laughs) So this one is, I think this one is probably the most visually stimulating movie out of these two. Because it's got all the bright colors and space and a talking raccoon. It's funny. We get this misfit cast of really unknown characters for the non-comic book readers and I, I love the casting. Um, it's hilarious because my son super hates Star-Lord. He blames, <laughs> because because of Infinity War, he's like, everything sure. is Star-Lord's fault. And so he doesn't like him. Personally, I still like Star-Lord. I'm personally grappling with my feelings towards Crispy Rat. So, <laughs> as a person. <Yep. laughs> so it's conflicting. <laughs> it's, it's a very triggering movie in this house. Yeah, it's got a yeah. great soundtrack. This was a big movie. This is where Taylor got into the MCU. So my nephew wanted to see it, loved it, and said, you got to go see it. You got to go see it. And I'm like, well, I'm obviously going to go see it. But Taylor, holy shit, you want to come with? Yeah, let's watch it. And she liked it. Mm-hmm. And that's what got not like, oh, my gosh, I'm totally addicted. But like, yeah, I will watch that movie. It's made by the same kind of people. It should be good. I think it was like this one. And then, oh boy, Ant-Man, she really liked. And then the uh, Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. Those, like she saw those three, like out of context, out of order. And she's like, wait, there's a story that ties all of this together. and like yeah if you if you really want to go that far like how much of the story are you willing to put up with she's like well, what do you mean i'm like so <laughs> like fox what you're asking <laughs> fox owns x-men sony owns spider-man 
And Marvel is the Avengers, as you know them. The Avengers, as the comics know them, are pieces of all those groups. So we can go back and get you some context and bring you up to speed, or we can start here. It's it's almost like trying to get someone into Doctor Who. Yeah. Do you make That's them sit through Eccleston? Mm-hmm. Do you start them at Blink? Do you start them at, you know, there's there's all these different entry points that a lot of people use mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of like okay well who am i trying to bring into this do they have patients can they sit through camp right yeah all right well if you have patients and you can sit through camp let's figure out why hugh jackman is a goddamn treasure and if he's not in the mcu someone deserves to be fired uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah that's that's kind of how i approached it with her and she's like well let's go Let's go all the way back. I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta rewatch the X-Men movies now. Okay. <laughs> um so we did that, and that was terrible. But you know, Guardians for me will always be one of my favorite Marvel movies because it brought my kid into it, mm-hmm. it got my nephew into it. It was it was fun. This one almost to me felt a little bit like Baby Driver. Okay where it was a movie that was like so, so, so tied to its soundtrack yeah, that you cannot separate the two. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a unique approach and it worked. Yeah. So, yeah, no, this was, this is definitely like a really fun to watch movie. Uh, it's like, yeah, that James Gunn does wonders like visually and audibly like with, what he's given you on the screen mm-hmm. and then what to listen to, to go with that. I'm hoping to do a peacemaker episode later this year. And we, Timmy and I watched that show and the music that he uses in that series is just so much fun and it fits with the character and it's perfect. I'm like this dude, nice. I love it. I love the way he incorporates like the perfect kind of music into the movie to add to it. And just make it feel more complete, I guess. Yeah. So, um, for this one, we get Glenn Close is turned to cash in a Marvel check. Mm-hmm. We get our big baddie, uh, Ronan the Accuser, which I just kind of felt like was a little bitch of a villain. <laughs> it, it, he was so meh. Yeah. Very, and like, it was Lee Pace. Like, Lee Pace is not a bad actor. No. But the... <sighs> The whole Ronan the Accuser and what was it like his acolytes and all this. There was like all this weird shit that was laid out in front of us, but never explained specifically about Ronan. Yes. And we got decent explanation of the Guardians. And obviously we learn more about them in later movies, but. And they, they didn't even fix the fucking problem in Captain Marvel. When Ronin was back in that, because it was back oh, in right. 1995. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, it's just like, eh, this, this person's supposed to be like important and powerful, but we don't know why or how, or he's, is he just like an angry priest? Is this Marvel's version of the Spanish inquisition from Monty Python? <laughs> you know, we wouldn't have expected it. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Stab us with the pointy end of pillows. <laughs> But that's that's to me where it lost its 
it, like it's a plus rating. Yeah. Yeah. I, Cause it's, it's a solid B it's a, and it's a fun B. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I just, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really care for Ronan. He's just kind of like, <laughs> kind of just like a Thanos lackey turned like whiny. Oh, I'm not going to get my way. So I'm going to be a little bitch about it. Mm-hmm. That, that was my take on the character, but I do like the use of like the dance off as the uh, distraction. Yep. Very, very funny, very kind of different and cool. Um, ooh, Yandu and his super awesome whistle will whistle arrow. Yep. That's always a joy to watch. It's another it's character great. perfectly cast. Michael Even Rooker. Not knowing, like, and not knowing these characters from the comic books, just seeing what we're given. And For sure, yeah. Like now knowing like James Gunn and and really I feel like the thought he puts into which characters he chooses and then who he wants to portray them. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely trust that Michael Rooker was the perfect choice for for Yandu. And he's just I don't, he's just it's fun to watch. Even when yeah. he's a serial killer. So <laughs> uh let's see. Oh, and then Fake Out Death Groot. I can't remember if they said baby Groot is like basically son of Groot, like will not retain any of the memories of this Groot. I can't remember because I think James. I don't recall giving giving some sort of clarification, but um, I guess you could say that it was a fake out death, but I think it is a new Groot. But either way, you know, the casting Dave Bautista as uh, Drax is great and i love yeah. that kind of like we're just the how literal that character is that whole sp- <laughs> race that whole species i just i love i love it i love this movie it's just so much fun to watch and we get amy pond post doctor see how things yep. really ended up for her that's fucking rough <laughs> <laughs> so uh and then the post credit with the collector and howard the duck Oh my lord! I watched. I used to have it on VHS. No, not on VHS. On Betamax. I had Howard the Duck, and I watched that movie all the fucking time. I had no idea it was a Marvel property. But and apparently, Leah Thompson, who was uh, Marty McFly's mother, Mm -hmm. was in Howard the Duck. She was the Mm co-star. And love interest and yeah, the weird. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. I'll, although I do remember that in the Howard the Duck, there's a really weird scene where like he crash lands on his home world or whatever, like ends up putting a hole in a wall and it's into the bathroom and you see like a naked female duck that has like feather over breasts. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. And that's why I have to have memory foam pillows. i mean i remember the movie i remember having watched the movie as a young kid but not retaining anything you know we didn't own it or or anything like that and so i haven't really i hadn't given it any thought until (laughs) this movie and it was like what in the fuck like wait no i actually know that reference i just didn't know where i knew it from (laughs) holy shit i do understand that reference It's a leisure suit, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just so kind of fun and random. And I think that's 
all thanks to uh, James Gunn once again. Just kind of bringing that back for. And I think with Guardians, because we all liked the first installment of Thor and Iron Man. And a lot to Kevin Feige's credit here, he is spacing his series launches. So we're getting into the the redheaded stepchild of Thor and Iron Man. It's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> another goddamn sequel. Jesus Christ. And now he's introducing, it's like putting a cucumber in water. <laughs> like he's introducing this nice, crisp, clean new thing. And it adds a new flavor. It's like, oh, that's right. When we get to learn about characters and see them develop, we like that part. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the next one being age of Ultron. It's like, all right. So we like, you're getting a little sour on these characters. So here's some new characters and now team up fight club time. Yeah. And it's, it's a good shuffling of the deck by Kevin Feige in terms of when those movies were released. Sure, Absolutely. Yeah. He's doing a good, he did a good job here. Mm Mm-hmm. So brings us to Avengers, the age of Ultron, where Tony is so obsessed with retirement, he goes full mad scientist and takes Bruce with him, and they oop, created Ultron, who is hell-bent on destroying the Avengers and the world. He uses the Maximoff twins. We get the twins back that we saw briefly at the end of uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. So he uses them to try and achieve this goal, but once they see he is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, they turn on him, and because they just wanted to hurt Tony. I think that's all they want. They just wanted Tony and that was it. So this one, what do you think? Where does this, where does age of Ultron land for you in terms of the Avengers movies? It is at the bottom of the pack, not because it's overly bad. I view this one kind of on par with like Iron Man two, where like, hey, we get to do that thing where we all team up again. Mm-hmm. You know, like we get to experience that again, but it's never going to hold a candle to the first time. Right. And uh, I don't like James Spader. Really? I thought his voice was, I thought he was perfect for the voice. His voice is like silky butter. He was a good selection for voiceover. I don't like James Spader. <laughs> <laughs> He, so like the character of Ultron is portrayed very well. Like, I, I think he did a pretty good job. I think he can represent maniacal pretty well, but like the, I think the quality portrayal of Ultron does too good of a job hiding the real monster, which is Tony. Mm-hmm. And him figuring out how he has to grapple with his personal fears and because of his intellect and wealth and, 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 and Mm -hmm. because of all that with him specifically, his fears and all that jazz influence on a global scale where, you know, if I'm afraid of the dark, tough luck pay the power bill (laughs) you know like i can't there's nothing i'm fixing about that but he can he has the ability to put in a fix that is so 
in some ways, literally earth shattering <laughs> that I, I would have liked to have seen that outlined heavier in this telling of the story. Mm-hmm. And I think James, James Spader actually does such a good job that we lose our focus on what we should be focusing on. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that from an overall standpoint. I absolutely agree with that because on the surface you're like, oh yeah, Ultron's the the big baddie of the I'm like, yep. movie. Come on, that guys, team sense. up, get together, pew pew pew. Yeah, I mean, we even start off with this really fun action sequence and some banter, and which I also remember from the Lego game, which was also really kind of hard at first. <laughs> Language. Um, yep. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's all right there. Tony just he wants to create like a worldwide ring security system with guns. Pretty much. And. And there's just not enough, I feel like, kind of pushback from anyone else, maybe other than Cap, about that towards Tony and how, like, that's really not a great idea. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand, like, like I get, yeah, he's he's acting out of his fear and insecurities of not doing enough, losing his, his teammates, coworkers, friends and everything, and that he just can't stop tinkering with shit. And, you know, as we find out later, that he just can't rest until he knows that the world is is safe yep and i think they could have explored that a little bit more and but i don't know why they weren't maybe ready to kind of paint tony in a little bit of a villain shadow villainous shadow but Mm -hmm. but i mean it's all right there you know in in this movie so yeah they weren't hiding it yeah but but i think they were afraid to point at it yeah so they're just like, here's a big, bright, shiny metal badass and with all his other little robotic badasses. And that's what you're going to focus on. Oh, and now there's Vision who has Ken parts. And oh, yeah. yeah. And then the fun trying to lift Mjolnir. Mew Mew. Yep. That was that was probably my favorite part. I remember seeing this movie with my mom in theaters and the the big thing, because I, I think they had that in the trailer. Not obviously not Vision like yeah here you go yeah you know i but i think they had like the attempt by everybody in the trailer i I might be wrong but they made such a big deal of worthiness out of thor one that like i i had heard vision is coming and if vision is coming vision can wield the hammer so like are they gonna go to that level and holy shit they did you know seeing seeing cap get it to move i think that was great acting on chris hemsworth hemsworth's part Mm -hmm, because you just see you see his face melt a little bit and then pop right back up when he can't finish and he's like (laughs) yes or maybe there's a simpler answer Mm -hmm. you're not worthy Mm mm-hmm and just kind of continuing on with this day. Although I did, I really loved at the end them talking about Cap and Tony agreeing on the semantics of like an elevator. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, I, but an elevator's not worthy. Their obsession say. with it. As I, as that was adorable. So funny. Yeah, super cute. And then there's like, you know, I've kind of heard about the different theories that, you know, in that scene, Cap kind of realizes that he could actually lift uh, Mew Mew, but then chooses not to. Have you heard anything? I, I don't know if it's just like Tumblr type shit or what, but what do you think of that? So I don't think it was a, he doesn't want to. I think it was a, he could become worthy. I think 
he knew because we've already had our Bucky bro down. Mm-hmm. I think Bucky told him about having to kill Tony's parents. And because he chose to kept, keep the secret for his friend, mm-hmm. he wasn't worthy. And he didn't become worthy until after Civil War when he chose not to kill Tony in that last moment. So that's my, I mean, it's not my personal theory that I created. It's the theory that I read on the internet that I have adopted as my own. That's to me, that makes more sense. Not because it doesn't make Thor any less worthy. Right. If cap can wield it, but I think he, he just wasn't there yet. Right on. Oh, I dig that. Yeah, I don't think it was like a matter of like, oh, he he can do it, but he's just not gonna right now to, you know, to ease Thor's ego, although that'd be so cap of him. But I think it's he's on his way, definitely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, I do kind of like the the little tease we get between uh Banner and uh Natasha as a possible romantic uh pairing. Um I yeah, I don't know why I like that. I just do but and then with cap trying to play matchmaker to nat at this time this time around um by trying to be like you know oh you know go for it you and banner blah 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 blah. uh let's see oh we meet we meet hawkeye and his hawkeye's family and i love hawkeye i don't care i said it i said it out loud and i'll say it again i like hawkeye he's got the best line in this movie none of it makes any sense yes Um, oh, and then of course, Cap ripping log that log apart. <laughs> that that up. that little the kind of back and forth between he and Tony. Yes, <laughs> like, Tony's like it's laying the groundwork for civil war. Mm-hmm. But Tony, <laughs> like, hey, don't you be taking any wood off my pile? yeah Yeah. and i really appreciate that exchange because like you said it sets up civil war and it really feels like this is the only time where like someone's kind of calling out tony for what he's done and Mm -hmm. what he's trying to achieve but i like that it still comes across as like a bit more scoldy and um you know like just a wag of the finger like a newspaper to the nose like no don't do that (laughs) And, and I love Cap's line where he says, every time someone tries to stop a war before it starts, innocent people die. Every time. And I was just like, listen to your fucking elders, Tony. Shit's not going to work. A bad idea. So this movie is good because, again, like Winter Soldier, it sets up a lot for like the next phases, the next movies. We get uh, Klaus Claus and mm-hmm. Wakanda and a uh, name drop of Wakanda and bless Banner's heart for mispronouncing it initially. Yeah, that was funny. Um, Wakanda. And then, of course, the destruction of Sokovia and how that's just such a big part of the next Captain America movie, which I still really, really enjoy. Yeah. Age of Ultron, for me, the, the, uh, you know, like you already said, the overall villain needed to be highlighted more. Because I think that would add even more understandable fuel to the Captoni mm-hmm. conflict. And as it turns out, I guess we didn't need it because everybody kind of got it mainly just from the from the stump ripping scene. Uh, 
So, like you said about Hawkeye, he's he hadn't been given really the opportunity to to have any character depth or building or anything like that. And this was pretty much his first time. It's like, okay, yeah. you know, this shield set us up off the grid. Come on. You know, we can go hide out here for a little bit. The, <laughs> the back and forth between he and, and Natasha, again, another great job of like completely taking her off the board as a love interest. Mm-hmm. It's like we get it. She's you know, she's the the she's the only girl in the room for most of the time, mm-hmm. but she's also like the prettiest girl in the room in a lot of ways. So not letting that kind of just invasively seep in to all these different characters, I think was really, really important. And they mm-hmm. again chose a really easy way to do that. It's like, yeah, we're like brother and sister. We're gonna fucking punch each other and you know, cognitive recalibration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's yeah, for me, that was the the really cool part. And and when <laughs> when Hawkeye hits Wanda with the electro arrow mm-hmm. and he's like frying rain and he goes, he's like, yeah, mind control been there, done that. Not for me or whatever. Yep. That was awesome. Uh, the, the Hulk buster armor yeah. was, <laughs> was a- really, really cool. And that that's, insane. that's a deep cut from comics. Nice. And that was another one. Like, cause I remember, I remember watching Kevin Smith's reaction to this trailer and they showed the Hulkbuster armor in the trailer and I mean Kevin Smith is overly demonstrative all the time but he like damn near exploded like what <laughs> the Hulkbuster armor and then like for someone to get so excited about that and then for the way that they use that with like the go to sleep go to sleep go to sleep yep. go to sleep <laughs> like just even better mm-hmm. I mean it was it was the creme anglaise on a really nice french toast but yeah it was just so good so awesome we see we see wanda as a very formidable opponent and she hasn't even scratched the surface of her power that's why i was like with so it says the strongest avenger so and so's the strongest avenger like bitch could barely walk powers wise and she almost took out all of you yeah and now she's like a cross-dimensional being that can basically walk between and fucking create worlds just with a thought. Mm-hmm. Oh God. All I could think during oh. this watch was like, y'all don't even know what she can do. You mm-hmm. don't. And I think that's, that may, that didn't make watching age of Ultron that much more enjoyable is kind of knowing where some of these characters end are up. Are going to go. Yeah. Are, yeah. Especially Wanda, because, you know, I think I kind of remember you know, comic fans are always like, oh, she's, you know, Scarlet Witch, yada, yada, super powerful, this and that. And being like, oh, okay, cool. Who knows where the movies may end up taking these characters from the source material. So I have appreciated as a non-comic reader that they have continued to show her growth of her powers and truly what she's yes. capable of doing. And how, I mean, even in, uh, uh, was it Infinity War? Or no, Endgame. Yeah. She has that. I don't even know you. You will. 
you took everything. And she could have easily taken him out, I think, in that. And we'll go into all of that when Brain we're from there. Fire. <laughs> the boss, our troops. Exactly. Why is yeah. it? Yeah. So uh I I uh I'm so all for it. And I think that's catching these Easter eggs or not even Easter eggs, but like I said, knowing where these characters go and end up really adds to the enjoyability of rewatching some of these movies that maybe aren't my favorite. Well, and and like you said, you know, as a non-comic reader, being able to absorb the character development at a slower pace, granted, it's not much slower. Like you get to see her floating the little fucking cube in the end credit scene um, earlier. And then we have this, like, oh, she went from zero to hero. It's like, no, she went from like zero to understudy. And it's just that her version of understudy could like wipe the floor with most of the freaking planet. And just the little bit more that we get each time, the little bit more, the little bit more, each brush stroke. That's why to me, she is one of the best characters in the MCU. I don't necessarily care for the Scarlet Witch in the comics, but. In the MCU, I think she's one of the best characters because she's had the most like slow, steady, prolonged development. Mm -hmm. That's why Cap's so good. That's why Iron Man's so good. That's why Thor is still good. Because little by little, like they don't just hit you with the fire hose. They're like, hey, this shit's important. We're going to watch a movie about it. All right. That was learning how to ride a bike. Now, this shit over here is important. We're going to watch a different movie about it. This person's no longer the main star, but they're going to have their moment where they figure out something important and they're going to add it to their tool belt. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, hey, I found this tool belt with all those tools on it. I just know how to use them all. Like, that's how Falcon felt. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, like if we um, and obviously you can't do that for every single character, but that's what makes Wanda so good. And as we move forward with all these dimensions and nexus beings and stuff like that, this is some really good foundational stuff on why, why she has acted the way she has acted, because this is the introduction to her and vision, which obviously brings about Westview and this this is the blueprint for this character and we're getting to see the whole thing drawn out yep. like created rather than just having it mailed to us completed and done mm-hmm. and it's just more enjoyable that way for me i absolutely agree absolutely fucking agree uh let's see a couple last things for uh age of ultron is you know, Thor goes and takes a nice hot springs bath and hallucinates all the stones to set us up for the continuing saga of the Finity Stones that non-comic fans and just casual fans of bright, shiny action movies didn't realize we were on. Yeah. <laughs> but then he recaps it at the end uh, with Tony and Cap kind of back and forth between the the details of Mjolnir and elevators worthy or not. And it just, <laughs> this time it kind of made me chuckle because it reminds me of like, when series, you know, used to go like 20 plus episodes, plenty yep. of fluffer episodes that have the whole episode itself has nothing to do with the overall season plot. But you get a little name drop in the beginning and a little kind of, oh, yeah, there's still this thing going on uh, mentioned at the end of the episode. I 
I'm looking at Supernatural because that's the one oh, that yeah. has like a billion episodes and then like a thousand fluffer episodes where that all happens. So that's what that moment kind of felt like. But he lays it all out right there. He's like four stones in the last four years. We're being made pawns. There's something bigger going on. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I really kind of appreciated it even this time around where I was like, oh, you y'all gave it to us again. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of mixed in between a little bit of fun banter, just the overall movie wrap up. So, you know, you're like stretching, you're like, all right, getting the code or, yep. you know, like <laughs> getting ready to run to the bathroom now. No, <laughs> but it's all right there. So it was kind of like that nice, like, oh shit, this is this, this, we, we are in it to win it. Like there's an actual issue here. <laughs> yeah. So, and then mid credit scene, we see Thanos gets his glove. He goes to get his glove. So is that your Star Wars reference for this one? Like, what's the lost hand? Oh, duh. Yeah. How about for Guardians? Are you just saying Groot exploding, basically? Oh, let's see. Which one was it in uh, Groot? Um, Because there was a leg, like he had to get the leg of the prisoner. Nebula. She cuts her arm off oh, at yep. the end. Yep, she'd rather die. That's yep, right. Than be saved. So, whoo I didn't need to write these down. Oh, shit. All Go right. memory. Who knew I had one? Um, <laughs> <laughs> on to the final movie, right? Yes. Of yes. the um, uh, phase two. Ant-Man and Paul Rudd. What'd you think of Ant-Man? I think it's, it's really hard to beat Guardians of the Galaxy as just like a kind of pure fun joyride. But it's Paul Rudd. I know. It, it's, it I just, know. It just fucking works <laughs> between him and uh, uh, Luis. Michael Pena. Yes. Oh. oh, my Lord. Talk about your missed opportunities to have Luis recap all of the MCU right before Endgame as like a promo. So I think, um, yes, because uh, I remember when you first told me that years and years ago, and I'm like, I'm all there for it. But someone someone out there and i'm i'm not on tiktok enough to like verify all of the corners of the tiki tock but someone needs to start a channel explaining complex shit like luis does mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah so you need to understand quantum mechanics and, and then, then just like well, and then even like to just like recreating those like scenes that he's describing and then having the way that like the the voice oh not the voiceover the the lip syncing yeah to him, yeah like, like anthony mackie doing that oh my was, god like, hilarious like the glasses come down like you know a little head bob and, like, and everything the, little, the asian lady that just their move oh my god it's so i love it yeah so that's much. so amazing and um but yeah i agree with you that going into this I'm trying to think, okay, what's my favorite out of this phase? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, yes, Guardians of the Galaxy is a lot of fun, bright, shiny, this and that. I was like, but for me, I think it's Ant-Man as my favorite. And I do give all that credit to Paul Rudd and then the teeny tiny fight scene on the Thomas the Train table. Yes. Because <laughs> that is... This was Peyton it's Reed was so... the director, right? Yeah, I think so. Um it just, it cracks me up. And then we see, you know, then they make it all gigantic, you know, as part of like mm -hmm. the fight scene or whatever. And as parents, we went through a Thomas the Train phase twice with the kids. 
Yep. And I will tell you, a very large Thomas the Train with the back and forth eyeballs like that is terrifying. Hilarious, yes. but terrifying. So, well, being from the same uh, age group, did didn't it also give you like really strong Honey I Shrunk the Kids vibes? Yes. Oh my god, I have never felt so emotionally invested in an ant since Honey I, know. I Shrunk. I was like, Anthony, no. <laughs> and then I'm like, what the fuck did I just say? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought they did a great job of of just kind of going and grabbing as much nostalgia as they could, like just armful at a time and mm-hmm. like, here, let's just throw it at you. And like you're sitting there absorbing it and they're just running back and getting more nostalgia. And they're like, uh, Andy, here, here you go. You know, it was uh it was just so so well done. And that's a great example of of making a really, really good fun movie out of something where like honestly if we were to like analyze that movie it's all table setting mm-hmm. like the whole thing is like we're just kind of getting you ready for the next one yeah <laughs> you know it's like we're just introducing the ca- this character because you need to know a little bit more about who they are than you know for the next course and- but it didn't they did it without making it feel like an origin story yes which I think was pretty cool. Like the way that they did the flashbacks and stuff with Michael Douglas, that I think is what helped give it that non origin story feel. Cause it's like, no, here's the master. Like this guy did all of the things. This is why he's hyper protective. And now we can get you like kind of up to speed with where the new guy is. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Our, Our digital Robin hood, Scott Lang. So yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I Baskin Robbins always finds out, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so fun. Um, oh yeah. And we get Michael Douglas, as you said, it's, so it's his turn to get that Marvel check. Yep. Um, but one of the, I think one of the things that I really like about this movie, just kind of generally speaking, is that there's just something really fun and silly and still a bit threatening of being very, very small in these everyday activities, like your roommate yeah. trying to take a shower and you're like, oh, my God, no. Or seeing these, you know, innocent toys and objects. You know, we I know the tank wasn't just a keychain, but mm-hmm. just even though even so to be then shrunk down and just think oh it's no big deal and then rebigified to be like a threat yep it's just it's i think it's like a nice little mix of fun silly and a little like and a little danger like oh no it's like goonies yeah exactly so and like i said i do give a lot of credit to this movie to paul rudd who is just so so naturally funny and charismatic um when they show the promo for the yellow jacket suit, the one guy, the one baddie. Yeah. Darren. Darren. As a that video should have been a red fucking flag because that video, that promo was villainous as fuck looking. It just looked like this is this is our villain and this is his evil plan for him for the yellow jacket suits. I was like, Yeah, it was a little it was a little thin in the villain department. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the villains served the purpose of providing the training for our hero. Exactly. Yep. Because we do get a nice little training montage of with Paul Rudd and that other actress. Yep. 
So I am proud to say that I am a hipster hater of Evangeline Lilly because I have disliked her since Lost. So, <laughs> and I still don't I, like her. I didn't uh, watch Lost. <laughs> oh. She was okay as an elf in Hobbit, but yeah. Oh, I was so annoyed in that one too. So I just am annoyed when she pops up. I'm like, ah, I don't like you. You haven't done anything to change my mind. Um, oh, we get a gratuitous shirtless dude scene of uh, Paul Rudd and got all nice and buffed out for this for this movie. So thank you, Marvel, for that. That's a good looking 45 year old guy. Hell yeah. I'll look at that all day. So gotta be a vampire. Absolutely. He's, <laughs> he's done something. But uh, Hope, the character Hope just seems very bratty to me. And I understand she all mad at her dad and everything, but uh, she, and then at the end when he's like, oh, here's the prototype for the wasp suit that, you know, I realized that me and your mom are working on for you. And she's like, finally, I was just like, ugh. <laughs> Ungrateful bitch. <laughs> kind of, yes. <laughs> so I don't care for Hope the character, and I don't know if that's in any way influenced about my personal feelings of the actress, but that's, I didn't, no, no thanks. I didn't, Hope. yeah, I didn't really like Hope the character. I don't much care for Evangeline Lily. I don't think there's any Easter eggs or none that I have seen of Cassie becoming stature because she is one of the young Avengers and they are a hundred percent setting that up. Like that is the next Avengers movie is probably going to be the young, the Avengers. young Avengers. I could see that makes sense because it's um, we've, we've seen so many of them at this point. We have seen Cassie Lang and actually at this point, because we're only in phase two. This is this is the first seed that we see for the Young Avengers. We see Cassie, and then I think the next one that we see is Eli Roth, I think is the character's name. It's the grandson of Black Captain America. Oh, okay. Um, Eli Roth, is that not the uh, horror movie? No, not the, no. Yeah, okay, so that's that's where that name came from. <laughs> Yeah, he is not a black teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he also the bear Jew from Inglorious Bastards? Yes. Yep. So, yeah, definitely not the same guy. <laughs> uh, unless he got Robert Downey Jr.'s race Tropic transplant <laughs> from Tropic Thunder. Yeah. But it's, yeah, that's so Cassie, Cassie Lang is the first young Avenger that we see. And that's the first Easter egg. And going forward. I am a thousand percent convinced we are getting the young Avengers. What would be absolutely fucking bananas because now uh, Disney owns everything. If they took X 23 from Logan and brought her like the little girl who only speaks Spanish, they brought her in as one of the young Avengers. I don't canonically, I don't think she is a young Avenger, but that would still be really fucking cool. Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Fucking why but, not at this point? Yeah. And it would be a way to recognize the events of Logan happened. Mm-hmm. And that's something that could come up in like multiverse of madness, but I don't think they're going to go that far. Yeah. It's oh, I'm so excited for that movie. That's where I, I tend to now that we have so many stepping stones, like with current 2022 MCU, 
for the young Avengers. When I go back and I watched this, I was very much kind of just muting hope and mm-hmm. paying attention. Like, all right, what can we learn about Cassie? What can we learn about Cassie to see if there's any, if, if they gave that actor any uh, direction to maybe start dropping some of those hints, but I didn't see anything, which makes sense. She was like seven. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just one random question. But when they're in the helicopter, when Scott's in that Ant-Man suit and he's fighting off uh, the guy trying to, Darren, trying to get yeah. away with the yellow jacket suit. And that's, Again, these the fight sequences are a lot of fun from tiny to small and then the accidental yep. like hitting of the Siri button. But how how did Darren get the yellow jacket suit on so damn fast? Does anyone get these suits <laughs> on quickly? Well, especially because they just like just that very day figured out the technology. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's been practicing like a firefighter to suit up. Right. <laughs> or like Barney Stinson. Exactly. <laughs> I'm rewatching How I Met Your Mother with Taylor, so <laughs> in a lot of that. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's no way that he had the practice of like jumping into a motorcycle suit that quickly. Yeah, and I know it's super silly and it's whatever. It's just one of those continuity things. But I, just, <laughs> like, but a lot oh, of the times, well, like it's, it's really the, it's, complicated to do. Get in there. It look, but like Marvel does the little things like that so well most of the time. Yeah, and that's one of the things that you remember going forward is that like, oh, you know what? Like this is a little wonky. But they've, you know, they've hit base hit after base hit time after time on those little tiny details. And it's unfortunate that they miss Mm -hmm. with that one, I guess. Yep. Um, And then I think maybe really the last thing here uh, with regards to the movie is that I just really like the family dynamic that they show Scott and Paxton and um, the... (laughs) I can't, I don't remember the character's name. And now the actress's name is completely left my brain space, but I love her. Um, yes. But I, I just, I really appreciated that, especially by the end of the movie, we see this uh, co-parenting company yeah. existing. And now the, the mutual, the respect and appreciation Paxton has for Scott after saving their life and everything. And it's not like they it's not like you got a sense that they really hated each other at the beginning, you know, when Scott shows up right. to the birthday party. It's just that as an ex-con, they as the parents of Cassie have these standards. And yep. I don't think that they're kind of diametrically opposed. Yes. And, and and I don't think that's a lot. I don't think what they're asking is out of question. And I think it seems completely reasonable, but it's, you know, they're willing to like let Scott be a part of Cassie's life, but he has to meet these benchmarks first. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a fair thing to ask. And so by the end of the movie and they know, oh, he's Ant-Man and save the yada yada. um, And bringing him in, into the house, having that family dinner scene. Yeah, that was adorable. And then Paxton being like, you know, I did this one for you. I think he told when he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I let the chief know that you were processed correctly, yada, yada. And basically the whole like Scott getting out of jail kind of swept yep. all of that and made it disappear for me to look. Yeah. So I I don't know why I, I just I really enjoy seeing that. I think it's very important to even have these tiny little moments of. It's another form of representation. Exactly. You know. All families are are different, and this is a great way to show that uh, how a blended family could work. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
Yep. So the mid credit scene is Hank Hope in the wasp suit. Blech. Ugh. Uh, and then post credit is setting us up for Civil War. So we see uh, it's from Civil War, but it's a, a Cap and Bucky and Sam and a guy Sam knows. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, we get that lovely little uh, fight scene with uh, Ant-Man and Falcon at the Avengers new facilities. Yeah. And that was just that was a hoot. And I think I think. I think Sam is just adorable when he's like, Cap can't know about this. Because it's yep. just, he's, that's his hero. He looks like mm-hmm. his big brother. It's just so cute. So that was probably my, well, it wasn't my favorite action scene because of the train table. That was just right. too damn funny. But it was, you know what? It was, it was kind of a unique way to end a training montage. Yeah. Eh, maybe not unique. Cause it was like, here's your, you know, here's your starter mission. Right. Exactly. And how do you handle adversity? But, uh, it was still very well done where, you know, it could have been something stupid, like him having the ants do it all. It's sure. like, no, he needs to learn how to go, you know, do his, his level changing and level setting. So mm-hmm. it was, it was a nice way to end it. Uh, yeah, you're, you're spot on with the, the family dynamic. It's that, in terms of like story, that's my favorite part is that it ends, you know, and this is all the, the mushy shit that happens to you after you become a parent. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. Just like, oh, like, that's just so beautiful. They could be a family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it absolutely. Um, like who's slow clapping? Why are there onions? <laughs> like, What's even happening? Like, why am I emotional about the high school girls basketball tournament? My oldest daughter's 13. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I'm we're I'm not that far behind. So all right. Let's see. Anything else on Ant-Man? No, it, I think it's to me, I think it is it is superior to Guardians of the Galaxy just because of Casting a known product in Paul Rudd and it working flawlessly. So mm-hmm. that's probably the direction I'd go with that. Right on. Right on. All right. So which one is your favorite phase two movie? Uh, see, this is tough for me because I, I am always a comedy person. So Ant-Man is way, way up there. And the only, I think the only reason it comes in in second end of all things to age of Ultron, it's because of how important age of Ultron is Mm -hmm. and no small part, how obsessed my 13 year old is with Wanda Maximoff. So she's like, I'm going to do this Scarlet Witch cosplay and this and that and the other thing and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Why do you have a corset? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Good luck. Godspeed, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that to me is is probably like Taylor plays a big role there as to why Age of Ultron is the best. And a lot of it is because she just looks at it from a different lens because she likes Wanda so much. And that was like the first two, three times I saw that movie. That was not my favorite character, but especially with the direction that they have gone since Mm -hmm. 
that's the origin story to who I think will wind up being the most important character in the MCU Mm -hmm. for phase four. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. This one was a hard one. I kind of kept going back and forth because I'm like, well, do I choose the one that I personally like the most? Do I choose the one that serves a greater purpose for the greater good of (laughs) the rest of the MCU? So I went with just personal favorite and that's going to be Ant-Man. Um, I think what they what we kind of learn a bit about the quantum realm and we do see a quick shadow of a person as he continues to shrink, um, mm-hmm. I think is very interesting and obviously plays a huge, huge role uh, down the line. Uh, also, gotta love that shitty brown van, that ugly brown van. <laughs> I love that brown, dumb v- brown van so much. And then his, even Scott's like little crew, we've get uh, David Axelolum. And who Dastlamachian. You got it. And you know that man. We we get to see, you know, him being a motherfucking superhero kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh least favorite is Thor. I don't think that was I don't think there was any guesses to that. Yeah. Wow. For me, my least favorite I think is still Iron Man three, just because there's it was such a I didn't like the shell game they played with Trevor. Sure. I didn't like that. Yeah. And especially and it's 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 good movie making, it's good marketing, it's smart all the way around on the studio's part because their goal is to make money. But the way that trailer presented with Ben Kingsley doing like that deep voiceover mm-hmm. and you know it it felt very much like Bane. Oh, you know, sure. why would you kill a man before yeah. throwing him out of a plane? You know, like Bane wasn't a, a really good villain. And I thought we were being set up for something like that to rival Iron Man. And it wasn't. And it was like this weird knockoff revenge plot. And yeah. I just, eh, you know, I think. You, you know, you bring up a good point about personal favorite versus bet. Like, I think I would have probably have to agree with you that my personal favorite is Ant-Man, but like, I, I have to take age of Ultron because of the kid, but I think the best movie, like from like an actual, like, Hey, we're going to grade this, you know, from the Academy standpoint is winter soldier. I would agree. Yeah. You know, so I this, this is, agree. it's kind of an interesting phase in that respect because you know, most people are probably going to hate either Iron Man 3 or Thor 2 the most. They're maybe, easy to hate. To well, be maybe Age of Ultron, to be fair. To be the, fair. The best movie could really fall anywhere on the board if you're going out of personal preference. But that's just, to me, another sign of why the MCU has been put together so well. Like, depending on what your you know ideals align with any one of these could be your favorite which mm-hmm. is kind of cool absolutely yeah yeah personal favorite ant-man overall for what it does to the mcu i think i i, I see where you're going with like uh ultron absolutely but i think i'll still a little bit more personal preference still affecting the decision i will have to go winter soldier because i think I just, I, I just, I love how that really kind of sets up Cap to continuously be that, like you said, uber lawful good. Mm-hmm. And it's just, 
I, I don't know. I just, I really like that one. Although I don't, fuck, it's hard to pick. I'd never, I'm, my spot is still blank on my sheet because I still could not figure it out. I even asked my kid, I was like, which one's your favorite? <laughs> Help mommy decide which one's mommy's favorite. Um, he likes Ultron and, and, Ant, and Ant-Man is his personal favorite. But I, it, yeah, because there's a nice mix of like, eh, movies in here overall and some movies where you're just like, fuck yeah. What's the uh, what's the lost arm in Ant Man? Um, when Yellow Jacket shrinks, his arm goes first. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like my favorite can always change because I do like Ultron for what it does and setting up Civil War with Civil War having been my favorite cat movie for so long. Sure. And I just still really like the whole idea of the whole just plot of of Civil War. So I'm really excited to get to the next. Phase, yeah, but yeah, where I, all the movies are kind of good. Yeah, so <laughs> that's that's where I'm gonna land with that. Is I don't know <laughs> which one is my favorite. Oh, it, it could be a coin toss uh, in terms of just overall setting up MCU. A coin toss between Winter Soldier and Ultron. Personal yeah. favorite though is easy. It's Ant Man. So, any other stray bubbles you got floating around the old MCU? Not really. I think, yeah, phase phase two is, you know, dealing with the sequels to a certain extent. I think in our last one, we talked about all of the Easter eggs that I could find pointing forward. And I feel like so much of this is just kind of like filling in the gaps. Mm-hmm. So much of phase two is that. And that would be that's just it didn't feel like there were tons and tons of easter eggs in these ones it's just the introduction and and birth of some really cool and crazy important characters Mm -hmm. i think wanda's going to end up creating mutants or we're going to end up in a situation in multiverse of madness where like one one universe is collapsing and you know basically two universes are like occupying the same space mm-hmm. and so one of them has to go and the way that they decide to make it work is to like accept part of one universe aka the mutants mm. and they like merge with our universe either that or in like the very end in one of her classic throws of horrible agony and loss. It seems like they're going down a house of M storyline. The house of M storyline ends with Wanda saying no more mutants. I think they're going to flip it and she's going to say something along the lines of let there be mutants and she will create a permanent adjustment to reality one in which where she finally gets a goddamn win and her kids are alive. The next two members of the young Avengers Wiccan and speed. Her kids wouldn't. Oh God. For WandaVision. She's like, thank you for choosing me to be your mom. Shut up and take my tears. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, one, one quick little bubble I've got is, um, you know, we're talking MCU, but Marvel and Quicksilver, which is your favorite Quicksilver? The one we get here or the one that we were presented with in uh, the X-Men? 
So I I like the use of Evan Peters, mm-hmm. the X-Men Quicksilver. I like how they presented his powers and his character better. We also just don't get a lot of time with Aaron Taylor Johnson because they fucking kill him. Mm-hmm. But you didn't see that coming, did you? And then croak. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at that. Finally, Hawkeye gets a bounce his way. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I do like the X-Men version of Quicksilver better. Absolutely beautiful nod in WandaVision, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, especially with how they tie those relationships to the kids. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Right on. Yeah, it's hard to choose between a favorite Quicksilver because I don't think we really get enough time with either of them, and obviously right. the one dies, so that's gonna be it there. But the whole if I could have time in a bottle scene, like that's just perfect. Mm-hmm. If I could have time in a bottle, <laughs> you're just like running around a kitchen. Oh, I'm going to eat that. And I'm going to move this bullet. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that scene is just, it's wonderfully done. It's a, it's so much fun. And it's funny because then once we come out of, of the flash time or whatever, the speed yep. force and every, it's time. just everything. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so delightful. Yeah, it really is well done. Yeah. So it, it's hard to say, but I'm very excited to see where a new possible Quicksilver, what else could be done as we continue moving forward. And not just with that character, but with like fucking everything mm-hmm. as we continue to move forward through the MCU. So woohoo. All right. We did it. So before we pop off, what's been streaming in your bubble? Uh, we have been watching Taylor and I have been watching how I met your mother because, Oh, that's another thing about this series. The introduction of, is it the introduction of Maria Hill? Kobe smolders. Um, she no, comes in. Well, she, I mean, she was in Avengers, but I, she's got more prominent. She's like the one and only person. One, one of the only other people Fury trusts. Uh, yeah. In, well, and uh, in that whole Ultron, Ultron kind of gunfight situation Mm -hmm. you know she's just like popping around her slinky little red dress and so i think taylor's got a bit of well not i think taylor's got a a pretty decent crush on kobe smolders which is very understandable and so we've been rewatching how i met your mother yes yes we just got to robin sparkles (laughs) in season two (laughs) and and the whole slap bet oh so amazing So, so amazing. Slaps giving is always one of my favorites. That is the best. But the the thing that I have been streaming, aside from all the stupid discovery reality shows with your husband, uh, is the new, new He-Man on Netflix. So Kevin Smith did a He-Man on Netflix, and I watched that. It was okay. And the new one that Netflix made by themselves. That's more of like a Saturday morning cartoon type of animation. Um, so far, like six episodes in pretty dang good. Hmm. Like it, it says like for kids, like Y seven is the rating. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, Kevin Smith's was more toward like the teen sure. rating, but I'm like, you know what? I think I like this one better, but don't have a ton to, a ton of time to stream because of all the house construction. Sure. Right on. 
Let's see. We just finished um, Travels with My Father. Jack Whitehall travels with my father on Netflix because um, I'm a little obsessed with Jack Whitehall right now. And now his father, his dad, Michael, cracks me the fuck up. <laughs> old white British and just saying old white British <laughs> things. <laughs> Colonizer things. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. I've been just doing a rewatch of Letterkenny because that's like my comfort rewatch show one of one of many um that's just it's so fucking hilarious oh god what else i guess oh we've been watching star wars rebels ross has been binging yeah. some star wars stuff so it's been it's you know the the kenobi trailer couldn't have come at a more perfect time for us because as we're <laughs> sitting there watching it my kid is like he's dorking out harder than like me or my husband like i think he recognized some of the characters before we did yeah the grand inquisitors yep. from rebels so that's been going on so a bit of star wars marvel but yeah excited for moon knight moon knight's the next one out oh that's right march 30th and then, oh, and then No Way Home is going to be available earlier on digital. And I was like, just in time for my birthday. And my husband's like, calm <laughs> the fuck down. He didn't sing it. He doesn't do that. I Only I do True. That. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who knows the warden knows that. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't do sing song things. So, um, but yeah, other than that, it's like I've got a bit of a break in some pod prep. So I don't know if maybe I'll just watch something new. I know I usually just do rewatches play on my phone and see what it drives. Oh no, doesn't Bridgerton come out? Oh, that's later this month. Season two of Bridgerton is like the 25th. Have you seen Psych? No. That, I do I do want to start yeah. White Collar because of Matt Bomer. Psych would be a Psych is my comfort rewatch. Mm. One of my go-to comfort rewatches. That is hilarious and awesome. And we can do a season at a time for that as well. It's awesome. Eight okay. seasons and three movies. Okie dokie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that after uh, MCU stuff, but yeah, I, sh I feel like that is something I should probably maybe watch I'm trying to get caught up in some of these older shows that I don't, for whatever reason, I didn't get into them at the time, but now everyone's like, no, seriously, you need to watch it. So <laughs> it's amazing. Do yourself a favor. Yeah basically so nice well all right well that is going to do it for us today um thank you marty for joining me and getting all nerdy about uh mcu phase two even though as, as difficult as it was i think we still did a, an exceptional <laughs> job yeah <laughs> and uh thank you bubblies for listening and keep streaming bye bye if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at MyStreamingBubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search My Streaming Bubble over at BuyMeACoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming.
He's muted me. He's speaking to someone off camera. Wife, child, cat. Child. Do you, how much longer are you going to be? Do you want to go running afterwards? No. <laughs> God, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, mm-mm, no, I'm moving slowly for the rest of the day. It's going to be one of those Sundays. Hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and I'll roll it into one of those Mondays. Yep. <laughs>